0: Great days. Awesome. All right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you. Yeah. Well, there is so much happening in the world at this. Oh, my Lord, where do I start? Um, Usually I have something um, prophetic to say, especially uh, around world events. Uh, yesterday was a massive event, whether you like the m- monarchy or not uh, the world 's biggest church service just went live to three hundred million people uh, worldwide and they were taken through the coronation of the king uh, King Charles the uh, Third, and he has been ceremoniously <laughs> anointed, just like we anointed the the young people folk. Um, and le- let me just say this, that you've probably heard our speakers struggling, but those speakers uh, we've had for 20-plus years, I think, uh, and back in the day in 97, 98, 99, I think it was 99, our on-fire youth group, which was about 100 kids at that, at that, at that time, on fire for Jesus Uh, singing songs like history makers does anyone remember the song uh, delirious history makers and um, these kids were on fire and they were just full tilt boogie into jesus Um, and they were praying they were worshiping they were singing the anthems of god ministering to the world not just to their youth group but to the nation and nations It was part of the move of God of the 90s, Um, and and I tell you what, uh, they used to meet Friday night, I believe, in the Wyong High School. We started off in the primary school, but then it was the high school, and they used to take offerings up. These kids would give also. They would give, and they took it upon themselves, because they used to really give, uh, to buy the church a sound system, which wasn't a real lot of money back then but it certainly um, it certainly was a blessing to the church, and so slowly over the years, the subs went, so the subs don 't work they're just they 're just decoration <laughs> um, now they 're telling me the horns are going and uh, and that 's crackling and popping. but you know what? I just felt the anointing still coming through the the guys you did so well, the worship came through, didn 't it not? And, and, and so, you know, but the good news is we are on the brink of a forefront visiting us, and we hope that they will install a new system. So that is a wonderful day because the sound system was not the priority when we first landed in this building. It was about putting the elevation room on, and the men of the church mostly built that. The frame was put up by steel fabricators but the men literally of this church uh, furbished that and we saved ourselves a fortune so thank you so much lord that we've always had the where for all now prophetically i was going to say something about isn't it wonderful that gen z worldwide are coming alive to god uh, and and i just sensed that we needed to anoint them here on the altar And because I do believe they will usher in and they already are part of a move of God. So we're not playing church anymore. I call it cubby house church. We're not playing cubby house church anymore. Uh, We are are literally uh, realizing that we need every generation. They're saying four generations, the boomers, the X's, the millennials and the Gen Z's. We're all going to be running together and because uh, the hearts of the fathers are returning to the children children of the fathers amen and the spirit of the lord will do that um isn't it unfortunate to see harry you know behind a big hat uh you know and this is the curse that's been on this world that uh you know children have been broken up from their families and there there it was uh, openly you know with this ugly story of harry being separated Um, Through a lot of, anyway, uh, through, anyway, I won't even go there because, uh, but it is a depiction and a symbol again of the way the world is. Yesterday, this, uh, apparently in the coronation, so I just want to, I want to get into a communion in about seven, eight minutes' time, uh, but I want to tease out and to help some people with the coronation. For me, I watched some of it on my iPhone. Julia was doing praying, of course, and I was watching the service. The music was resplendent. Uh, the, the ceremony... Now, England is one of the few countries that have this ascension through of their leadership, their king and their queen, through the uh, evangelical church, uh, you know, the Church of England. And when they do it, when they anoint their people... Uh, They really do it, you know, to the most magnificent standard. Uh, And you could see that. Uh, Who watched any of it yesterday? I know some of you people have a sore point about the monarchy, but it's, you know, the thing is that they had a church service, guys, a Christian Christian church service, anointing, and then they presented this Bible. Could you just put up that colourful... Uh, Wonderful to see the central role of the Bible at the heart of the coronation service. Uh, It read, it's sung, it's present in the 6th century Augustine Gospels. There's a picture there, it's a colorful picture, can I have that? Uh, And it is presented to the king with the most extraordinary... This was presented... Did anyone see that? I missed that. It was... Pre- I missed that. I've got to watch it. It was presented to the king with the most extraordinary decoration. I had to look this up. I didn't know what this Bible was about, but it's the 6th century preserved, supernaturally preserved from the 6th century to now. Uh, and, and, and they say things... declare things like this as it's handed to him... We present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. This is 6th century, guys, book. Can you? and, And then another statement. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Another statement. Blessed is he that readeth and that they hear the words of this book that keep and do the things contained in it Uh, and again for these are the words of eternal life able to make you wise and happy in this world nay wise unto salvation and so happy forevermore through faith which is in christ jesus to whom be glory forever and ever so this is the sixth century gospels of augustine of canterbury are the oldest surviving illustrated latin gospels in the world and the oldest non-archaeological artifact of any kind to have survived in England, continuously owned and used for 1,400 years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And um, it, it was an amazing. And so whatever you think um, about the coronation, it had at the basis of it, the basic format was all about our king king jesus amen and to appreciate i'm reading here to appreciate the magnitude and uniqueness of what will what had taken place we must consider it in the light of another coronation which this article is talking about jesus uh, when jesus coronated and he is at the right hand of the father of course but i'll i'll just just duck down to here and that was through the cross. you can show that photo that is awesome uh, when Jesus was declared king, and of course, when he ascended and was presented to the Father at the right hand of the father and um, and then the deck and it goes into and it went into this, I guess the declaration of King Charles as king will likewise begin with a procession. A young person will greet him and say, "Your Majesty." as children of the kingdom of God. Did anyone see that part? Did did you see that part? I'd love to have saw, saw that. Your majesty, as children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the king of kings prince charles he's getting dragged through the ceremony because i think it's safe to say i'm not sure how chuffed uh, prince charles is about swearing allegiance to jesus christ Uh, i i don't want to because i know i've got a lot of youth here and kids so there's some things i'm not going to be able to say but i think some of us know that king charles is towing another line amen that will end up about the reset and, and global situation so but I, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble but King Charles uh, and then there was another another segment there where he was you know almost uh, you know, derobed and he was anointed like Jesus was anointed he was anointed like we anointed and uh, and it was they said that was powerful was that a powerful moment to see King Charles disrobed and then all this anointing going on, anointing all over his body. And so, to which Charles will respond over that little boy saying, Your majesty, as children of the kingdom of God, we welcome you in the name of the King of Kings. To which Charles will respond in his name and after his example, I come not to be served, but to serve. Now that scripture is in Philippians, you can see that, um, where Jesus... Uh, yes and it says there uh, rather in humility value others who being in very nature of God this is about Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage rather he made himself nothing but taking the very nature of a servant this is our Jesus this is, this is, a, this is, this is about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself but becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Uh, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that is the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. But at that name, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. From, amen. Amen. So to which Charles will respond, and he responded, from the start, the tone is shockingly humble, they're saying. Influenced by the king who made himself nothing, taking the nature of a servant humbly himself even to the point of death on the cross. Philippians 2, 6 and 8, I just read it. And then there's a series of prayers, and we'll mark the beginning of the Holy Communion service. So can we just hand the communion out, because we're talking about the King of Kings, but I want to talk about the the priest, the high priest, and us being priests. I've got to condense that, because my time is is gone, Um, and and so I want to crunch that, and I want to talk about what I believe God is doing, um, that just like uh, King Charles, he is he is being ordained to be a priest and a king and Jesus was a priest and king and help me, when the first time a priest was mentioned was in, I think, Genesis 14, Melchizedek, the story, Abraham goes out, saves his nephew Lot, rescues him, great victory, Abraham rescuing his uh, his nephew Lot, and he comes back and he sees this image, and it's a strange character, they tell me in the Bible, he has no history, nobody knows where he comes from, but Melchizedek, king of Salem, he's a priest and a king, and he comes out with wine and bread he comes out with wine and bread and and abraham's going Who's this guy king of salem in all his regalia you can tell that this guy is someone and so he blesses abraham he says well done you have done exceedingly well i represent the most high god and 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 he breaks bread and wine with him so this is uh prophetic people this is probably our first depiction and shadow of jesus who was to come did you get that so, Jesus is in the order of Melchizedek, Genesis 12. you getting this? So, now we have this lineage of kings uh, and priests. Priests, I should say. And then Abraham sets up the Levitical order. Oh, from the, the, the Ten Commandments, the, you know, Moses, there's this Levitical order. And, and then Aaron and the Levitical order. And, and God institutes priests that look after the... All the ceremonies for the ordinary people, for the ordinary people who want to make sacrifices to God, who want to make sacrifices. So it's all about sacrifices in the Old Testament. And these priests, they hang out in the temple and they're just making sure all things are right. They're making sure the sound system's good. Uh, You know, they're making sure, not really, they're making sure all the stuff that they would. Do their ceremonies through, and then they would choose one of these priests, and then that one priest, out of all your people, we'd have to choose one person to go into the holy of holies, and then they tie you know bells to him because when you went into the holy of holies, if your heart wasn't right, you were struck dead, and and, and so they go behind the curtain because God was kept behind a curtain, one foot thick. How foot? How thick was the curtain? that ripped when Jesus died on the cross. The curtain was ripped from top to bottom. It was one foot thick. Oh, my Lord. Depicting that God's presence was coming out from that temple and he's going public. And it's for you and I to to partake of and befriend and, and, and allow God to minister to us by the Holy Spirit. So this priesthood began way back. Thank you so much. King Charles will be anointed with oil, just as Jesus called the Messiah, the anointed. Traditionally, the monarch is anointed in simple linen clothes with symbolized humility. Okay, so that's probably when he was... um, Before the, the presentation of the various regalia royal symbols full of allusion to the kingship, of jesus the royal garments symbolize the priestly character of the monarchy jesus is the great king and the great high priest under him charles is to be king and priest over the united kingdom the ring symbolizes the wedding of the king and country and is a sign of the covenant sworn this day between god and king king and people did anyone see charles have a king placed on his finger is that how it worked yep The sword is a sign and a symbol, not of judgment, but of justice, not of might, but of mercy. The enormous gold orb is surmounted, if you've got a photo of that, you can put it up, is surmounted by a diamond-studded cross, a reminder that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of our Christ. The scepter is solid gold topped with the largest clear-cut diamond in the world itself topped by a cross. Finally, the crown consists of three kilograms of solid gold. Two arches symbolize sovereignty over which stands, you guessed it, a cross and a reminder that Jesus Christ lives and reigns supreme over all things. Amen. Having received his regalia, the king of the United Kingdom will sit on the throne. And after the enthronement and before the outward procession, Holy Communion will take place. The most point reminder that it is the Lamb who is Lord and Lords and King of Kings. Revelation 17, the gathering will remember what sort of King Jesus is. What sort of King could much less would lay down His own life in place of others suffer the full punishment of our failure rescue us from slavery to sin in the dominion of darkness and pay the immeasurable debt we could never afford so that we might be saved and united with him praise the lord that after he had provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven hebrews 1 3 at the great coronation angels worship the king of kings God declared his supremacy, anointing him with the oil of joy, and welcoming him to the seat of honor at his right hand. Hebrews chapter one. So the coronation of King Charles the yesterday was a ceremony of both profound solemnity and great celebration. And at the end of the day a new monarch will sit on the throne. Yes, from start to finish, both subtly and overly Uh, the ultimate focus will be on Jesus, the King of Kings. Father, we come before you and you are the ultimate King. You are the King of Kings. And we this day, Lord, we say, God, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that, Lord, that you paid a great price for our bodies to be healed, to be cleansed, to be, Lord, for the remission of sins and, Lord, we partake of this bread together in unity together, that you do that and can do it and, Lord, we believe it thus so. Amen. You can take that now. Amen together. And this wine, this juice, represents your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins, Lord God. And so, Father, we partake of it together in unity that Lord, as we do, we would commune with you, that you would heal us, bless us, invigorate us with the life and the glory of King Jesus, and the saints say, "Amen, Amen. you can take that together, so whatever you thought about the about the monarchy yesterday, and I just give me ten minutes now because um, I do want to say this that King Charles was anointed king and priest Uh, but I want to declare to you that you my friend are a priest and I believe we're coming into a time when people will understand just like the priests of the Old Testament who were to prepare and furnish the temple so God's people could come in I believe the people of God and thank you so much for the people that are already doing this give them a hand clap that people understand as a priest that they they prepare this place they well they they don't clean it we have a beautiful lady an anglican lady that cleans this place such a wonderful woman she says i just love the church uh, this is a great privilege for me to clean this church she's a commercial cleaner tried to get to co- no, clean my house but she won't do it she's she got she anyway but um she comes and she cleans this place head to toe. And, and we love her uh, for doing it. But I tell you what, we are those people who are priests, who prepare when we worship and come unto the house of God. And we worship collectively like this. We are preparing an environment for people to come and encounter God, hear God and meet with God. And that's what you are. But I've got to back it up, because that's not good enough just to say that. I've got to give you some scripture, amen? So if you went back into the Old Testament, you would see that the priesthood was very, very important. All right, now here it is. Uh, Let me just get this point across to you. Every priest in the Old Testament was appointed by man, but including King Charles, but Jesus was appointed by God. And because of that, we have a high priest, the Bible says, a high priest, because, all right, I'm just mindful I've got young people, I want them to understand this. Priests stand between God and mankind. Priests stand before God and people who need God. And, and, And to make that very serious, and to make it look like they, they they do that, sometimes in some church circles, they dress up with all that regalia, all that, you know, pomp and ceremony outfit. Do you reckon we should get one of those, Just? Do you, do you reckon? I mean, no, each to their own. Each to our, their own. But the, that, that whole aesthetic look, the, the stained glass, the pillars everything that it's emoting that this is royalty that this is divine that this is serious this is not just your mate down the road and that's why for us the lines get a bit blurred when we say we're a priest and when the bible says in in revelations 5 that we're kings and priests our mates look at us going well what are you talking about who do you think you are king charles or something no 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 the bible says you are kings and priests kings make declarations they they declare things that's why the prayer is important in the life of the church amen kings have authority what they say usually goes you have that young people you have authority to bring order to your schools to your classrooms you can even under your breath i take authority over that mischief that's breaking out. And we bind it in Jesus' name. You have that, man. And if I was to give you a scepter, you'd believe it, but you can do that. And then, of course, as a priest, you are standing between God and your whole school, young people. Is this too much for you? Is this... I mean, because this is the days we live in. We need young people to understand that when you go to go to school you can make a great difference sister when you place one foot into that school boom wonder woman in the spirit realm is there and she makes a difference because she's a king and priest man and man, just one word from her can change the atmosphere can bring order and that is the actual fact of your salvation you got way more than you bargained for when you got saved, amen? You got way more. No, I just want to be a nice Christian. I just want to have a philosophical view of God. I want to be in the culture club of Christianity. I want to drink coffee, I want to carry a Bible and I just want to maybe even look like a Christian and behave like a Christian. But that's not how it works. You've got principalities and powers over you causing havoc over your school, over your town, over your life. And you've got to wake up to the fact that you are a priest and a king. And I'll explain how that works. Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest, this is Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all Points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus can sympathize, and I'll say it in the King James Version. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched, cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. That sounded funny, but he is touched by everything. Jesus somehow by coming and sacrificing his whole life and taking on the sins of the world, he took on all the dramas that anyone could go through. He took on all the dramas, all the dilemmas, all the issues, all the heartbreak, all the traumas, all the hurt, all the betrayal. He took that on and he can sympathize with you and your broken heart. Amen? Did you get that? King Jesus... The phrase, be touched with, comes from a Greek word, sympatheo, which means to share an experience with someone or to sympathize with and have compassion for someone. That's a comforting thought, knowing that Jesus, when you come to him, he knows. He identifies with you. He sympathizes with you. He understands your emotions, your frustrations, your temptations that you face in life. There's no need to feel embarrassed when you need to come to Jesus or come to the altar. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And when you understand that, you can come boldly to the throne of grace. He understands your dilemma. Jesus is on your side. Let me say it again from the Amplified version. Hebrews 4.15, same scripture. I've, I've quoted it in two versions so far. This is the uh, amplified version, it says, for we do not have a high priest who who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations. Now, listen to this people, young people. He understands what you're going through in a world that's turning their back on God. He understands that you are faced with a bit of a dilemma by going to school and saying that you are a Christian. He understands that. And when you know that he understands it, you can understand that he will sympathize with you and bless you and anoint you and comfort you in all manner of ways. Let's back it up again. Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are yet without committing any sin so that's why you hear this church and most churches when they say when they're giving an appeal to come to the altar you'll hear them say this therefore let us in hebrews four sixteen. this is the next verse therefore let us with privilege approach the throne of grace that is the throne of god's gracious favor Uh, we should say that Jules. hey come to the gracious favor of god god's good gracious favor who wants to come (sighs) if you could see jesus standing here you would come out of your seat and you would crawl over broken glass to get here trust me but you got to have this stuff therefore let us with privilege approach the throne of grace That is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear. See how some of the young people are a little bit, oh, I'm not sure about this. That's cool. That's, that's, That's your feelings and stuff. But eventually you will have confidence and without fear so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need. Find what? an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. Did you love that? So let's just pray this. Father, I am so thankful that Jesus is my great high priest and that he understands everything that I face and feel in life today. And the saints say, let me just say this. Jeremiah 29, verse 12, and yes, you quote Jeremiah 29, verse 11 all the time. Beloved, I know the plans I have for you, plans to not harm you, plans to bless you and prosper you in all your life. Amen. This is the next verse I want to quote. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. What is God saying? That he wants to rescue all the people all around us. He wants to release them from captivity. And and if we seek him with all of our heart, I believe that we can be the priests that stand in the gap and rescue so many people that need Jesus. Let me read this uh, prophecy to you. Amid the swirl and instability, a seismic shift is happening in you, around you, in the heavenly realms. Everything is moving, turning, resetting, realigning. It is unsettling. You can sense something bubbling, rising, stirring, emerging. It can feel difficult to find a secure footing. A monumental shift is happening. The kingdom is advancing, but the opposition is fierce. The Spirit has been brooding and covering over the nations. The prophetic decrees and prayers of the saints have been heard. The Father is creating something new. It's unclear and not yet defined yet. It may not be how you expect it to look, but it's coming. It's accelerating and gaining momentum. It's getting closer and clearer. Can you feel it? Can you see it, folks? You won't have to push it too hard or force it to happen, but also don't come, become passive and complacent. Perceive that it can become through the eyes of faith. Lean into it. Take hold of it. Steward it. Tend to it. In the kingdom, things are slow, slow, slow. And then swift, it comes. We wait, we wait, we wait. And then suddenly, it appears like it already has. In Asbury, in our church, in other churches, God is turning up. This is how it's going to happen. God is moving, and He wants you to become part of that move of God. Signs will begin manifesting all around you, and they are. You will see a demonstration of the Spirit's power, and we already have. As we move through 2023, God wants to pull down strongholds that are stopping you to walk in this new move of God. You will require courage and to step into that new. Major adjustments may be required. The stage is being reset. You are being positioned into place. The window of opportunity to make a bold and brave move is upon you. This is a catalyzing moment. To catalyze means to cause something to happen or to accelerate in process. There seems to be an acceleration and intensification of significant events happening on a global geopolitical scale as the nations continue to shift and shape. But there will be also significant personal changes happening in you and around you. It's time, it's time, people of God, to move with God. If you seek Him, if you discern and unreservedly obey the Lord, you will look back at this period as a defining moment. Jesus said, "You will see greater things than these." John one fifty, Luke twelve thirty two. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. One Corinthians two nine. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Sometimes, the more hopeless our circumstances may seem the more we become aware of God's provision his comfort his nearness in ways we never would have looked for or been aware before talking about prayers and thrones and kings and priests revelations 5:7. and I'm nearly done then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne verse 8 Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. That's you, my friend. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue and people and nation and, verse 10, and have made us kings and priests to our God. Did you pick that up? Did you get that? You've been made kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on this earth. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've received the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus, which was purchased by his death, then you are part of a vast kingdom comprising people of every tribe language and nation and you my friend are a priest together we are a kingdom of priests this is the shift i'm talking about here right now it means two things being a priest it means serving and reigning priests in the old testament assisted ordinary people in their religious duties they helped the sinner to make a sacrifice. They took care of the tabernacle, its walls and furnishings, the place of worship. They helped to make the environment where a repentant heart may find forgiveness and restored relationship with God. Also, priests, perhaps this is the greatest act of service one can do For another, it is to prepare a house of God for those people. The greatest gift of service the church can give to the world to provide an environment where repentant hearts may find forgiveness and restored relationship with God. Father, let's all stand. God bless you. We thank you that we are in this position. We may not have gone through a great big coronation to declare that we are a king and priest but i declare that 1 peter 2 9 says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light a kingdom of priests serving and reigning called to provide an environment where repentant hearts can find god pulling down strongholds in minds and hearts is what God is doing. That's what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. He's in the season of pulling down strongholds. Once you recognize the stronghold, the next step is to come with repentance and allow the Lord through your honesty honesty and your humble spirit to expose that stronghold that's in your mind and heart. Pray, pray this, Test me, O oh Lord. Try me. Examine my heart and my heart, Lord. It says in Psalm 51. 2 Corinthians 10.4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God in pulling down strongholds in the mind and the heart, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I declare... God is intersecting with our lives to bring revelation and understanding. And sometimes we need to allow the pulling down of strongholds. Psalm 84 verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Whose heart is set on a pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. That means weeping. They make it a spring in that valley, my friend, where you are. God's going to provide, He's going to provide an anointing, a spring. He's going to provide showers of glory. They make it a spring. The rain covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Out of this place where you are going through the valley of anguish, the valley of turmoil, the valley, the the valley of of trauma, God's going to bring you out. Each one will be before God, and you will be given strength. Someone is walking through the valley of weeping in this house this morning. I declare it will become a a place of strength. Strength meaning. In the Hebrew word chail. In this case is a Hebrew word that means travail or giving birth. God's giving birth through something in your life, through this valley that you've been through, this valley of Bacca. When we walk in faith and preserve through the hard places of strength, Chail, that strength will be with you. Two Timothy two twelve. If we endure, we shall reign with him. Father, you've been doing a transforming work in the body of Christ. Especially in this church with the people we know and others that we know, which has been difficult for some. But those trials may be the conduit to bring us to new levels. Father, help us not miss the shifting of times and seasons God wants to do in our lives. Let's keep faithfully moving on. It may seem difficult, we may not understand. What is happening at this time, but keep pressing forward, people of God. Allow God to do what is necessary to bring you into the new things by this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing you out of captivity. We take every thought captive, Lord. We take every Argument, every vain imagination, we take it captive right now. We lay it before you, God, because the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 10.4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Father, you are utilizing divine power to bring down the strongholds in our life that oppose us. All those things against the knowledge of God. Hosea 4.1, hear the word of the Lord, hear the word of the Lord, Proverbs two six, for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding, just lift your hands up like this, and just say, Lord, give me wisdom, Lord, I want to hear from your mouth, knowledge and wisdom, and we declare two to Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed.